Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your hard time. Good evening. I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror. I'm excited tonight because our next guest is a young man that I've known for a little over a year, and I've seen him in action with his project that he's developed. Ahmed Royalty, Ph.D., is the creator of a fantastic curriculum called F the End Click. But before we get into that, let's welcome back Michelle Johnson, our co-host to the show of Man in the Mirror. Welcome back, Michelle. Oh, let me make sure she is on. Uh, let's try that again. Welcome back, Michelle. Can you hear me now? Yes, I'm sorry. I wasn't feeling the love. <laughs> but <laughs> it's there. It's there. to be back on. <laughs> Excellent. And before we even bring our hope, our new guest for this um, this month, let me give you a little background of Ahmed Royalty. Of Royalty PhD. Dr. Ahmed Royalty is the developer and founder of F the End Click. The F the End Click mission statement it is not our goal to be known, it is our purpose to get the work done. F the End Click is an anti bullying community restoration movement whose goal is to rebuild Baltimore and inspire the world by combating bullying and improving community connections. After NCLEX says, by reducing the bullying in the city, we can reduce the city's crime rate. Through good deeds and artistic healing, after NCLEX aspires to teach the world to celebrate differences and be beyond bullying. And with that, I will welcome um, Ahmed Royalty, Ph.D. Welcome, Ahmed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me first uh, make a proclamation of Thanksgiving. I want to... Uh, give thanks to Almighty God for allowing me to enter into this numerical uh, year that we call 2015. I thank him for life, light, and liberty. Uh, I thank him for uh, breath, food, shelter, and clothing. Uh, I am humbled to be able to have another chance to make my so-called wrongs right and uh, to be given a chance to serve uh, not only our Creator, uh, but also mankind. I want to also, in decency and order, uh, give an acknowledgement uh, to my family, the royalty family, uh, to whom I really realize that uh, I get up every day and uh, I work for my children. Uh, I thought that uh, at some point they will be working for me, but I, th- I think everything I'm doing is for them at this point. So it's kind of like they my boss, and they're sitting in the cut uh, waiting for me to croak. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I I think, right. but I thank God for them, um, and uh, is a, a parenting is a, a one-time show. Uh, you don't get a chance to experience them at 11, uh, 10, and, and 6 no, uh, once that, that, that parameter of year is gone. So it's uh, to those uh, listening that our parents enjoy it while it's here, uh, create the best memories that you can, 
and create a household that they will run to instead of running away. Uh, thirdly, I want to give the highest accolade uh, to the host uh, today. Uh, well, well, let me let me acknowledge uh, the co-host first, uh, Miss Michelle. Uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, able to experience this interview with you uh, for safety reasons, and uh, <laughs> and so I uh, thank you for being present, and um, I'm looking forward to answering any of your questions. Uh, and I want to, uh, last but not least, give give a, a, a serious. Uh, acknowledgement to the host, um, uh, Mr. Montgomery himself, the man in the mirror, uh, Mr. Lee Rawls, all that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to uh, receive your questions. And uh, for those who listen, we're not going to help. Uh, you, so I, go ahead, keep it coming. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's why I'm, I'm letting the audience know. Those who are listening, I had to throw a lick at him because he's real good at throwing the lick first. So uh, um, I thank you guys for receiving me. It's been a minute since I've been on Blog Talk, and um, I'm anxious to uh, to really, really uh, finish uh, what God has started uh, with a wonderful vision uh, that you have, as you said earlier in the program, have had front row seats to witness, and it's a good, good, healthy body of work, and um, and I'm 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 real proud of where it has came. And um, the development of it, I, I really am, and how it has affected people. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very uh, powerful brand, and it's not just um, a brand, but it's also a mindset. Uh, so I guess I'll, at this point, uh, because as my mother would say, if you don't cut me off, I'll go on and on and on. So with that being said, I'll go ahead and let you lead your interview. All right, excellent. All right, I got first few questions um, that I'm going to ask are just pertaining to you and about, you know, pertaining to you. Um, Ahmed, I've seen you in action with your program. Please tell us, please tell us first about your beginnings and how your mom helped you through your schoolwork while you were growing up. Well, well, here's here's the thing um, with. Uh, my upbringing, uh, but, but, you know, because your, your radio show, you, you have listeners from all over New York, uh, L.A. You can be from everywhere. I'm I'm Baltimore based, Baltimore raised, uh, inner city uh, born, and um, I was um, I came up in what they call the West Side of, of part of Baltimore. Uh, if you ever get a chance to visit Baltimore, listeners, you you would. Especially if you go outside of the inner harbor, because when you come to Baltimore, for some reason they just take you straight to the inner harbor and they tell you that's that's Baltimore, but that's actually not Baltimore. Just you have to go beyond the inner harbor to experience Baltimore. Um, but on the west side, um, there was a period, there was a time um, where individuality was celebrated. There was a time where uh, if you were trying to be like somebody else, uh, you would literally get talked about. Uh, there was a period uh, in Baltimore where uh, you actually looked forward to having um, your own type of hairstyle, your own type of dress, your own type of um, 
flavor of how you express your individuality. Um, for me, I was fortunate to come from two parents who really, really push individuality, and not just on the outside, but but also internal as well. Um, they really believe in following your own drum. And um, you have absolutely no business minding someone else's business. Uh, you need to listen to the voice within and develop who you are. And so um, this message um, was a message that I was nursed on from the time I entered this world. And um, I am very, very happy to experience it. But as you all know, since then, we have converted into um, a cloning society. And what that means is it's like a warehouse, uh, a car a car manufacturing warehouse where everybody is, you know, you go to the warehouse and everything that comes out of there is a Ford. And so when you look at the corners of globally, uh, but mostly in the inner cities, you'll see everybody dressed exactly alike. Everybody has the same uh, body language. Everybody has the same uh, mindset. And when I say everybody, I, I should say more than most people. Um, and th their responses is even the same, of uh, how they um, handle certain problems. Uh, and, and so a lot of us have been what I call institutionalized uh, through the media, uh, the newspapers, the songs, etc. Um, back in the day, you had what, what we experienced was the Motown era, uh, which was mostly consisting of love songs and courtship. Uh, today, you have um, the expression of hip-hop that usually gets straight to the point. Um, okay. And we are a reflection of that as well, but the uh, and there's benefits in hip hop as well because um, you know the the offspring of hip hop is entrepreneurship, um, and a lot of us have been able to feed our families and come out of inner cities and break yokes and chains. Um, it's just uh, on the other side of the fence when you look at society, uh, we are kind of like in a maze. We are in a hypnotism where everybody is sagging their pants uh, on the man's side. And on the women's side, uh, you know, it, it used to be a thing where if you wore a dress, you would tuck your dress under uh, before you been been down. But now you just bend over and there's no dress. Um, it used to be a time uh, where uh, your purse would match uh, your shoes and your belt. Um, but now it's just this big duffel bag that everybody's calling the purse, um, and there's not necessarily shoes. So when you see a man from far away, uh, you think you're looking at a man, uh, but it could be a woman. And then when you see a woman from far away, you think you're looking at a woman, then you come up close, you're looking at a man. So oh, okay. uh, society society has done a tremendous cultural twist. Um, after the end click uh, is the... Um, is a mindset, uh, if you will, a cultural antibiotic that says forget the input because that's what the F represents 
uh, what I call the six individual uh, F entities. Uh, one, it represents forget me and click. Uh, and click with yourself. Um, stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to, um, you know, be like everybody else. Also, it says it represents freedom. Uh, be free and enough to to fly into your destiny and don't fly in the same direction as everybody else. Understand that you have uh, fingerprints of your own and honor those fingerprints. Um, F also represents don't follow, um, which is a real big thing right now because there's a lot of monkey see, monkey do, do uh, going on. Um, and so we need to uh, follow, once again, um, the purpose that we have. And for those of you who may say, well, I don't know my purpose, uh, well, you, you still may not want to follow somebody else's purpose because that's that's their walk, Um you know, uh, that doesn't mean that that's your walk. You, you, what you want to do is trial and error and find out what it is that you're supposed to do. Uh, and so now in, in this 2000 era, we have, um, if, if, if not more now, what I would call a death mindset, where because I don't know my purpose, I'm going to still emulate your purpose. Or because I don't, I'm too, I'm too, uh, Lazy uh, to 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 find out what it is I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna just concentrate on what you're successfully are doing, and and I'm gonna try to steal that. And all of this is rooted in because we have not found self. And I may say, in conclusion, uh, before you go to the next question, it is my humble opinion that this is really rooted at home. Um, and I was talking about this earlier because if you have not been given the proper vitamins at home and you have not been loved properly, uh, you came from a home that you should that you ran away from, uh, not run to because it wasn't no love there. It wasn't what Dorothy had. Um, it wasn't nurturing there. Um, it wasn't no soft voice. It wasn't no... Um, Matter of fact, it, it 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 wasn't nothing there but some walls, and the, and the rest of it was just you know it's kind of like you doing time uh, as a child, you know, um, and you grow up with this void of looking for love in all the wrong places. Whatever your story is, whatever color your story is, the mind compensates for that, and so whether it's a, people always talk about how. Uh, you know, men go to gangs as a result of not finding love at home, but uh, women um, look for the wrong friendships in other women at work because they didn't have a sister at home that treated them right or a sister that is now currently rejecting them. Um, uh, men, uh, you know, have are sitting under the wrong pastors uh, all because their father wasn't there for them. You know, uh, and so you wind up, the brain winds up and the body winds up putting itself in a situation where it's compensating for that which we did not get at home. So uh, after NCLEX saying, hey, listen, regardless of your story, uh, forget the NCLEX um, and click with yourself. Don't worry about what you didn't get at home. Don't worry about where you're at, where you need to be now is having a serious 
intimacy with yourself and clicking with your purpose, clicking with your gifts, clicking with your vision, and clicking with your steps so that you're, you, you can now walk into what it is you need to walk into uh, with the little bit of time that we all have on, uh, here on earth because we're only here on borrowed time. So we have an obligation to be able to finish what it is God started in us, and we can't do that eating up time. Um, and I'm, I'm a real big advocate on time itemization because it's, it is the only commodity that we cannot get back. We can't just go to eBay and Craigslist and buy some time. So if you, once you lose it, that's it. Um, and so we are itemizing our time into things that have nothing to do with us, which is another portion of the program. I would love to talk about that a little further. Uh, but um, that was, you know, my Thanksgiving and my honor towards not only my mother, uh, but uh, my, my father, who was extremely instrumental and prolific uh, and extremely a revolutionary in here at this time with that mindset. Um, and, uh, and he was uh, the first to say, hey, I'm not, uh, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I went to the Army, but I'm, get me the hell out of this Army. I'm, I'm coming home. Discharge me because... I'm not going through this. I ain't fighting this war, this Vietnam, these Vietnamese ain't doing nothing to me. Then when he got home, he was the first to say, hey, I'm not going to work for nobody. I'm going to start my own business. And I okay. had seven, seven children and got tremendously criticized for it. That, that's the in-click mindset uh, was extremely um, revolutionary for me to watch and have front row seats for that um, because... Um, I haven't worked for nobody in I don't even know how many years now uh, because I came out of that womb of entrepreneurship. Okay, excellent. And you actually answered one of my questions already. Where, the, where did the F and click stand for? But I want to back up um, to another question because normally when people develop programs and things, it's something that was actually um, familiar to them. And, you know, this was the question I wanted to ask you. Were you ever bullied while you were growing up? No, actually I wasn't. I was actually the bully. Um, <laughs> I'm talking I'm talking from a, 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 a perspective of the one who was the bully. Um, okay. I have, yeah, yeah, I, I bullied you with my individuality. I bullied you, bullied you with my own style, my own clothing. I bullied you with this um, tremendous gift of not caring about how you think. Um, and uh, therefore, I made uh, not fitting in um, in style. You know, uh, I made it hot. Um, and it, it's, uh, you know, if, if, you, if, if you do, if you do you, and I, and I'm try, I try not to use that particular phrase, but uh, I like that phrase. It's, if you do you so well, uh, your your light is shine so bright that those that criticize at some point will try to do the same thing. Um, so actually, I was the bully. Um, I'm talking from a perspective of um, the, quick, the, the quick temper, the fast temper, the one who 
to put his hands on you first, the whole nine. And um and and and, and so I, I I'm talking from experience but yet a unique experience from both from in a sense from both sides. Uh, because all bullies don't necessarily um you know, in a sense have that prototype look. You know, um you, you you can have somebody that's going through school terrorizing you, and he's not on the football team. You know necessarily, he's not he's not you know uh, the most popular. But if, even though that wasn't my case, I, I mean I wasn't on the football team, but um, uh, I was voted uh, homecoming king and um, et cetera. I had a couple of things I was voted. I can't remember. But, uh, oh, so you were the popular kid. Yeah, I, I was. I was popular. Yeah, but uh, what what um, I what, what I share with my children is that I was popular for all the right reasons. You know, um, again, you know, I I uh, I've been uh, well. Let me tell you a little bit about my history. I'm talking to you guys like y'all went to school with me. Um, I've been sewing. Uh, since I was seven, and uh, I made my own clothes in school. Uh, back, this is if you know for your listeners who listen. This is before there was even any black designers in the mall. You know, this is when you had Sassoon, Jordache, uh, Calvin Klein. Um, uh, you know, all these um, clothing lines that were not black owned; they were European owned. And uh, that, in other words, there was no Fat Farm, there was no Fubu, there was no Sean John. And um, my uh, grandmother, who taught me uh, how to sew, and um, and I, when she was living, and then um, I used to actually, actually, she didn't really teach me. I, I guess I could say. Um, she protege me because I used to help her sew. You know, I used to send her the, the, the material, help her cut the patterns, but she would never let me touch the sewing machine. And um, and I learned everything about sewing. Um, and then when I finally got my own sewing machine, and I used to date this um, this young lady who um, who um, who who was sewing and still is sewing, as a matter of fact. And uh, and she had a sewing machine, and um, and then I started sewing on hers, and it was it was just a a, a seed that was planted, and um, and Baltimore, you know, you, back in that time, um, you couldn't wear, it was no uniforms, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it was you could wear your regular clothes, and you couldn't wear the same thing twice, because she'll get cracked on, so. Um, my mother didn't have no money, so I had to make my own clothes if I did not want to get cracked on. So I would uh, literally make them, and then I would go to uh, the thrift store, uh, secondhand store, bargain stores, uh, whatever phrase uh, y'all have it in your city. Uh, I would go to these stores um, and buy uh, the outfit jeans that I just told you about, Jordan, Sassoon, and all that. And I would take the labels off of the actual clothes 
and and sew them onto the clothes that I need from scratch. Wow. All because it was not ta- it was taboo for a man to be able to make clothes. Mm-hmm. And of course nobody could find nobody's seen the outfit nowhere. So when people in school say, Damn man, where you get that outfit from? I was always I would always say, Well, you know, I got it from um, you know, New York on the shopping street. And uh, you know, I was yeah, I went to New York and and shot and said, Man, well New York got some good stuff. I was like, Yeah, I know. But it was at that time so the young lady I can't remember how it happened, but somebody wound up saying, Oh, I know how it happened. Um <laughs> I I what it was is that I I made this outfit out of a shower curtain. And it was a suit jacket and I took the material from the shower curtain, made a suit jacket, and I took the, the rest of the material and created pockets out of it or, and, and sewed them on to some jean material because I made my jeans from scratch. And then I sold the label. I can't remember if it was Jordash or whatever was what I sold the label on there. And I went to a, I think it was um, a ring dance or something. And I used to get all these compliments. Like the, the, the girls just loved it, you know. And so everybody thought I was rich because I was known as the guy that shopped in New York and just wore the clothes in New York, you know, on the weekends. But in reality, I was making my clothes from scratch. And uh, it was this one guy who had some issues with, with that because his girlfriend liked me. So he found out that I was making the outfits. And he, so he started, you know, yeah, he ain't getting them from New York. He's making them outfits from scratch. Wow. So <laughs> he was a hater. Yeah, he was. He was my experience with a hater, and so uh, I got suspended because I wound up being we wound up fighting and and uh, uh, and the whole nine. But I was during that time, um, and this may be difficult for a lot of people to understand right now because you can be a man and 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 make clothes today and be considered straight. But back in that time, if you were sewing, they would automatically assume that you were gay. And my sewing came out of a hustler mindset, which was, and a survival mindset, which was, I got to make me some clothes and my mother can't afford to make it to buy me none. That's number one. And number two, I was making everybody, you know, clothes uh, in school and making money. And that's how I fed myself and helped my mother out when I was living, when we was living together. So... I made a lot of money to help my mother out, help her pay her bills, and put food in the house. And this is like as early as 12, 13, 14 years old. And so um, it was a survival for me, you know. Um, while the, the guy next door was selling uh, marijuana or, or crack, I was selling clothes, you know. And um, and all this came because I had uh, grandparents and parents uh, that pretty much put me in a position to say, you know, click with you, click with your purpose and your gift. And that's my word for after click. Forget the clicks, click with you. Uh, click with your greatness. And once you do that, uh, you'll discover you can be able to keep your head above water. And so, um, um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was the bully, um, you know, and um, I'm talking from a testimonial uh, standpoint now when I talk to children. Um, because, it, but my 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 kind of bullying was I couldn't I couldn't stand people who wanted to be like everybody else, 
and I will harass you if I know that you was imitating somebody, and I will literally pick on you because of it. You know what I mean? Oh. And I will pick. I would literally bully you if you know if you tried to if you bought a pad permit just because he bought a pad permit, or because you you know you using the same lines he's using. You know, and I would, I would, and it would be violent. It would come, it would, violence would come with that. It was, it was, it would irritate me. You know, so I, um, um, uh, that was, that was my, uh, you know, form of bullying, and uh, and so therefore it was like, oh God, what are you gonna say now? You know, blah blah blah. So people would, you know, some somewhat okay. avoid. Yeah, the copy and thing around me. So, so you are, so you are basically, um, hot shot playing. You basically change yourself. You were the bully, but you changed it from being a bully into something that's positive. Since you were bullying yeah. people, you know what it is to bully people. So you changed, turned it around, and made a positive out of it. Where now you're anti-bullying. Where you know you know what it is to bully. So, but you also, you know, know what other people felt like as well. Well, see, coming up, cracking on people as they, as we call it in Baltimore, which which is simply uh, the description of it is you make a joke towards someone about, uh, you know, it could be about their mama or about what they what they have on a shirt, whatever. And I was real good at that, you know. And um, I came up. Uh, my father brought me up on the boxing. And so, and uh, so I always knew how to fight because I was always in, you know, boxing tournaments as a young. So, um, and so what, what happened was that, you know, uh, my principal um, uh, 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 suspended me. Uh, what, grade, what, what grade was that? Um, I think it was the 11th grade. Yes, uh, I came to school and I made my own pants and my own shirt and um and uh she suspended me because she said that um the the uh, that the whole outfit was made out of African material. And okay. at the time she was trying to implement um what I call she came under the Kirk Smoke administration and ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know anything about Baltimore politics, uh, he was a mayor who, a uh, black mayor, as a matter of fact, and uh, who, you know, in all the politicians' dress and blue suits, shirt and tie, um, and, you know, pretty much the basic Washington, D.C. look. And um, here I am in all this African material, uh, uh, the pants, the shirt, uh Tie dye. I mean, whatever I can make something out of, I made it from scratch, and it influenced um, other students. Um, because when you do yourself, you are now the influence. Uh, so you're not the. Uh, but but doing yourself comes with a price. It you know, whether it's George Washington Carver who, who invented the who was it? What did he do? The peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I, I believe he invented the peanut butter. Um, uh, well, whoever in, created an invention, um, they first got criticized first. So 
so it comes with a price. Ain't nobody gonna just say, "Oh yeah, that's, that's that was a good idea to create some peanut butter." Uh, you know, oh yeah, that's a great idea to create the light bulb. You know, um, and you know, nobody just gonna see a, 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 a great idea is often measured by criticism. And so, okay. for me, I got criticized by the principal because these were for sale. So kids were buying them, you know. Um, and my father took me to the school board administration and worked something out with them, and they said, hey, well, he can be enrolled, but he has to have a zipper and some pockets um, in those pants. And so I didn't know how to create the zippers and pockets. I only knew how to do the elastic at around at the time. And so my grandmother gave me a sewing book and said, look, this, I'm going to teach you how to do the pockets. And, and so she taught me how to do that. And I took that same outfit, learned how to do the zipper and the pockets. I wore the, wore it the next week and wore it back to school. So me and my principal at that time really bumped heads with this individuality thing. Um, and, um, and a lot of adults today um, do that. They they criticize uh, differences that they see in the child because the child is not doing what the other children are doing instead of okay. recognizing that they are expressing uh, a great gift. And so um, I want to encourage the elders um, to look for the child's gift, look for the child's greatness, cultivate it, and try to create an environment where that greatness can grow. Um, but 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 I will say this: on the on the other side, sometimes challenging it with negativity will promote it to grow. Um, because in my case, that's what happened. I was able to come back, and and because this whole episode about the pants came out, everybody was buying from me. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, I made some, some money as a result of that. Well, yeah. So, so individuality. So uh, you were talking about individuality. So do you, um, I guess, like, how much do you think the parents at home not allowing the child to express their individual you know, personalities, how much do you think that contributes to actual bullying? And um, that's one question. And then two, um, I guess your campaign or your program that you have, does it talk about or go into, you know, being able to express your individual personality even, you know, when you get some pushback at home or like you at school without, you know, getting in trouble? Well, well let me ask you the second question first. After clear is, uh, is not only a mindset, uh, it, is, uh, it, it is also a curriculum, an educational uh, curriculum that consists of theater, uh, consists of poetry, uh, reading, and consists of um, obviously the making of clothes, uh, so that um, the home ec aspect of it all can be pl- uh, placed back in school. Because 
today they have taken so many programs, the arts uh, and home ec, out of school, and they are not preparing the children to be them. Uh, They are preparing children um, for failure Uh, because we went through three uh, decades. We went through a decade where our grandparents were were, prepared by school to be a worker. Uh, Then the other generation came behind where they were prepared uh, to be a customer. You know, and then now when it comes to these children, they just prepare to fail because they graduate. Um, I mean, they do 12 years of constant eating foods from the cafeteria that are hormonally imbalanced and injected. Then you give them an education that is worth nothing to them, when they, and they can't use it uh, when they when they leave school. Um, and then you give them. Uh, a, 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 a big giant school full of 99% uh, women uh, that are teachers uh, and 1% men, and that's it. And that that, that has uh, ramifications for uh, females uh, students uh, peoples as well as male peoples when you don't have male teachers. Um, and so when you combine the fact that uh, and some would say, well, are uh, you suggesting that uh, female teachers are a problem? I'm saying to you that um, they p- making sure that male teachers are not in high numbers, and I think it's time for us to ask why. Uh, and, and I'm saying to you that um, this child, and then, and then when they get out of school, uh, look at the you know, the challenges they have at home. So, you know, you, you, you may or you may not already be born with cracking your system, heroin in your system, uh, marijuana in your system. Um, and for those of you who say, my child is born with none of that, well, don't be so so quick because they may be born with cigarette smoking in their system. And you say, well, my kid don't have that either. Well, they, they may be born with depression in their system. And, well, I wasn't depressed. Well, they may be born with a bad attitude in their system. I mean, you, you know, I mean, and if you escaped all of those, God God bless you. You know, maybe you was on your job. But what I'm saying is that everything shows up in the pregnancy. And then you send them to school with, with that in their system already. And then you multiply that times of the food, the, the chemical foods they eat, um, the, uh, again, uh, being repetitive, uh, the education or lack of education uh, because you, you, you're you recycling um, old education that's outdated. I mean, in other words, how many times you're going to tell us about Martin Luther King? How many times you're going to tell the kids about George Washington? Uh, how many times you're going to, you know, you're just going to repeat this over and over and over and over again. And, but, so some people say, well, well uh, in plans that were advocate, what could we be doing different? Oh, I don't know. Maybe teaching them how to save a bank, uh, save some money. Uh, maybe teaching them about Wall Street. Um, maybe having a, a real talk with them about sex and the consequences of it. Um, uh, possibly uh, teach them about uh, early uh, educational home ownership and 
uh, first, I should have said this first, which was point him towards himself. I mean, you know, when I was when I was in school, and still is now. I mean, it's still the same way now. Everybody is training children, and they tell them this is how you dress for a job interview. This is what you say on it when you get to a job interview, and they they grooming um, the children to get a job. Um, the fortunate part for me is that I had parents that was grooming me to create a job. So we're not create we're not grooming our Children to create a job, we create, we grooming them to go get a job. Meanwhile, the Asian children are being created to, uh, being groomed to create a job. Uh, the Jewish children are being created to uh, create an LLC and and uh, and, a, and an incorporation and and so um, and that's why I answered your second question first. Uh, now, in reference to your first question. Um, and, and 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 let me put this in short terms. Uh, this really links back to slavery because um, slavery, what it did was it set the uh, the African American woman and man um, in a position where they had to stay in their place in order to survive. So if you did anything different, you would stick out, and the consequences of that. If you said anything different, dressed any any way different, if you even thought about doing anything different, um, other than going to get a job um, or going to work for some plantation, if you did anything different than that, there was some severe consequences in that. Uh, we see we see all of that in um, uh, the Django. We see that in uh, Alex Haley Roots. We see the consequences of. Um, if you used to step outside of that order, and that legacy still continues, we 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 are still as African Americans um, standing our place. The most interesting um, aspect of this is that we are making sure that we stay in our place. As other African Americans that that are majority, making sure the other African Americans stay in their place. Now, how that looks is. If you go to decide to start a company, um, the first thing, you know, you get told by your people is uh, that's not a real job. You don't have no benefits. It's going to fail. And, you, you know, you should just go ahead and go down there and apply for that job because that job always got benefits. And you should work for IBM. And, and they start bragging about somebody else's company like you're wasting your time. And, um, and this is all a form of bullying for you to stay in your place. And so, you know, it's it's uh and we have to stop doing that. And I and I I want to um say compassionately but at the same time firmly that we have to stop um uh being niggas that stay in our place. Uh we we, we, we gotta come out of that. And if we're gonna get um if we're gonna create a legacy that actually affects our children's children, which is two generations. Um, if we're going to create money where we have, that we can develop, where we have a cut that overflows to the point where we can uh, pay bills, we can, the three laws of money, which is spend some, save some, and give some away. If we're going to participate in that, give some, save some, and spend some, uh, then we, we have to get revolutionary 
uh, about um, our ideas, our vision, and stop staying in our place. Um, the days, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of being, being a good nigga is over. And so, um, and, and besides, you know, there are those before us that paid that price. Um, we stand on our grand, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents' shoulders. Um, it doesn't make sense uh, mathematically for our life to be itemized up uh, with the same numbers that they have. Um, you know, we should, when, they, when people look at us, um, they should be able to see a person that has finished their parents' job have finished their grandparents' job and have finished their great-grandparents' job. We are the promise, uh, and we have to start acting like that and stop passing all this undone work to our children. And so after any click is saying, hey, listen, you're not going to get there unless you forget the, forget the end clicks, which are the majority of the people. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be willing to say, I won't follow the herd, and I will only follow, um, and I'm going to mind my business, uh, as, as you know, um, uh, our grandparents used to say, you know, what God has for you is for you, and what God has for me is for me. See, in other words, what he's doing in your life has nothing, that, that, that's your business, how he's blessing you. And uh, my blessings may come in another way. And then you have to recognize what is success. Uh, it's a, you know, because I've been successful on both ends. Is success really making a lot of money and having nothing to do with your purpose and being a stranger to yourself, but yet you got a million dollars in the bank, uh, and you still don't know how to get to yourself even with a million dollars because you don't know who you are. You haven't found your purpose. Um, when I was, it's a spot um, uh, in Baltimore. It's called Lexington Market. When I was young, my grandfather um, took me. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, it was. No, it was my uncle. My uncle took me down there uh, one time, and uh, it was across the street. Um, it was this guy who sells peanuts, and um, he wasn't making much money. You just sell bags of peanuts, you know, right there in the corner. And it was another guy on the other corner that was on a bus stop, and he was in his suit and tie, and he had a briefcase. In those days, you had that, that square briefcase, you know, um, and you were proud to have that square briefcase. And you had a newspaper, you know, always under your, under your um, or rather, in your briefcase on your other hand. And my uncle said, there's going to come a time in your life you're going to have to make a choice which one of these men you want to be. Do you want to be the one that's standing on that bus stop that's making a whole bunch of money, but he's working for someone else, or do you want to be the guy that has his own business and he's only making $5 a day, but it's his business and that's and he's wrapped up in his purpose? And that was I was 14 when that question was proposed to me. And so I share that story with you to say that um, if you have your own business and you're only making five hours a day uh, or ten hours a day, you are rich. 
because no one can dictate to you. Um, no one is in the way, is interceding uh, into how God can touch how much you can make. Uh, but when you work for someone, they're telling you that you're only making $20,000 a year, and you're only going to make $30,000 a year, and that's all you're going to make. And so don't look forward to nothing else. But when you work with for yourself, man plants a seed, and only God can bless the increase, and you can, you know, God can touch you, touch your business, and you can wind up making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, sometimes a million dollars. But you got to put yourself in, in in that kind of position, um, as we say, with the universe or with heaven, whatever your faith base is. But put yourself in that position so God can can can, can touch it. But you, but but you can't define success based off making a whole bunch of money. So ethnic is, is is also um that mindset of saying, I tell you what, forget the increase. Y'all go to work for social security and uh eight hours a day and over time and because what you're saying to whoever you worship, um and we and we just gonna say God at this point for for, for universal um um, uh, to, to make my universal point, you're saying to God that He's a liar because you're born with a with a business, you're born with a job. So if you're born with a job, why would you go and fire for a job? Why not just work the job that you was born with? And so this okay. this, this you know this is the kind of message that um, the children of uh, uh, bringing it back to. Uh, what Michelle said, you know, in reference to the messages that they will receive, which is I'm pointing them back to them, to to you know, okay. to themselves, and and you can't find someone that can do that today. Excellent, excellent answer. Now, before we go on our break, I have one more question because I'm bouncing around. When you introduced the program of the NCLEC to the schools, what was the outcome? That's one part. And what did the teachers think of your program, and what did the principals think of it? Well, uh, recently, uh, which is some good news I want to share, um, at the NCLEC, uh, Forget the NCLEC's Youth, has just been, um, curriculum has just been picked up in 26 schools. Um, so that anti-bullying um, individuality, um, you know, will be actually taught in 26 schools. Um, it, and and it, it it was um, a seed uh, that was uh, developed in 2013, uh, meaning it was a 40-page, um, I had an idea of creating a curriculum. And uh, it was a 40-page uh, curriculum that I uh, and three other advisors sat down and uh, and uh, they assisted me in, in helping me. Uh, I, I had uh, two lawyers from the school board that I had to work with, um, two lawyers from um, uh, uh, mental and psychological health department, and my own personal lawyer, and um, and also the. Uh, the uh, what is uh, Mr. McKinney? Uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Coombs uh, represents. He, he's a, I think he's a lawyer for the. So he works at the mayor department. But all together it was like six or six 
six or seven lawyers um, that were involved. Um, it's a lot into uh, creating the curriculum. It, it's it's literally really almost impossible. I mean, the way they got it set up because that's why I, that's why I always say they're setting them up to fail because they won't allow anything else to be taught in school. Um, you know, and they set it up where I'm taking everything out of the school. I'm taking um, home ec. I'm taking prayer out. And matter of fact, I don't care if you're Jewish, Mexican, Muslim, um, Muslim, Christian, Baptist. I don't care which of God is. He, he he getting out of this school. You know what I mean? And so they didn't. I mean, you see your kids every day to a building, and they didn't evict God out of uh, healthy foods, um, and then gonna give you nothing um, but women teachers uh, who have, and I'll stand by the statement, uh, have are really, really good, good, good teachers. They are in it for the children. Uh, but let's be honest, the other half is just collecting the paycheck and looking at the clock and don't even, and really tolerating your child. And so your, ta- your child is actually being tolerated. And then the men that they do put in the school system, you know, they um, they got a a little a little you know, a little a little twitch in the way they walk, so they can't transfer manhood over to the to the male students because they don't have none themselves, and so your sons in there are, are dying, you know, uh, culturally because he can't he, you know he can't look to the 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 female teacher and, and learn manhood. In education, and he can't look to the males and learn manhood in education. And I, I stand, I'm saying that's more than most. Um, you know, okay. Uh, is yeah. So that's that's my answer to that. You know, and uh, and uh, I stand by that. Okay, and um, I got a couple more things I want to ask you. But first, before we go on our break, um, Michelle, did you have anything to ask? Anything more? Um, I'll wait till we come back. All right. Um, and before we go on our break, please tell our listening audience how they can actually contact you if they need to contact you. Well, you can call me anytime, morning, evening, night. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, you, it, it, face, face, Facebook, uh, a couple of different ways. Uh, Facebook, uh, F the end click, um, and you will find that literally F T H E I N. Click C L I C K. After end click, uh, you can Facebook me as Ahmed Royalty, uh, PhD. As uh, Ahmed A H M E D R O Y A L T Y PhD. Um, you can Facebook me there, um, and uh, and uh, and I yeah, I, I think that's pretty much. Oh well. I have a, a, a couple other Facebook pages, and I guess we'll talk about that when we get back in reference to uh, Royalty Stage Play. Uh, that's a Facebook page you can get in contact with. Um, and uh, Royalty Poetic Space Matchmaking, you can get in contact with me there as well. Okay, cool. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Ahmed Royalty, Ph.D., just um, uh, Ahmed, I need you just to hold on and then I'll come back to you. 
All right, we're going to have a note from our sponsors for The Man in the Mirror. And um, one of our sponsors are Music Instruction for All Learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons and instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 and set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. Thank you. And another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. We will take a small break, and we'll be back with Dr. Ahmed Royalty, Ph.D. I don't care what you do. Tell them there's no God like my God. I dare you to brag on him for a moment. Has he done anything for anybody in the house? Has he made a way for anybody in the house tonight? Come on, fellowship. I need you like this. Come on. Oh, oh. Yo, 
ball performer. And um, we have a good time. And what happens is that if if anybody is interested in the bachelor or the bachelorette, um, they make it known to the person at the uh, at the front that's collecting money, or they write their name on a piece of paper, they put it in a bowl, and the bachelor and the bachelorette through Q and A uh, concept throughout the evening, uh, everybody gets to know their personality, what they do, and what they don'ts are. And some become attracted to him, and then some say, "Hey, I see why you're single." Uh, so there have been um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, there have been uh, uh, individuals that have uh, successfully um, went into courtship, became married, and um, excellent. There's those that that are living with each other. Uh, there's those that are um, in a committed relationship. And, you know, a couple tried it and it didn't work out. But the point of the matter is this this is a, a humanitarian uh, event that is geared around is um, those that recognize that me, myself, and I uh, is good, but it would be nice to participate um, in courtship. It would be nice to participate in a marriage, it would be nice to actually have a uh, a life partner that I can experience the remaining part of my life or early part of my life with. Um, and so um, I love this event. Um, I have experienced a, a t- tremendous, um, I've had the privilege of, of having front row seats and watch people connect and watch people grow and watch people um, work out their issues. And, look, I forgot to mention uh, to the viewers we have a, a featured um, a Q&A subject. Um, and, and, and I always discuss things that are great, meaning things that you normally cannot discuss in church, home, um, or just really even out in public. Um, we I've had different categories of also poetic matchmaking. I've had... Royalty Poetic Matchmaking, the Christian edition, the Muslim edition, um, um, uh, oh, the, I've, I've had the, uh, recently the Carrie uh, Boss edition, um, and we had a wonderful time there. Yes, yeah, we did. Uh, featuring uh, Miss Michelle, who was the, uh, the guest uh, host, and uh, she brought her friends, I brought my friends, and and we had a ball, and we discussed uh, the featured subject, which was, um, if I can remember, it was, um, are all the curvy women snatching up all the good men? <laughs> and okay. uh, why all the curvy women snatch up all the good men? I can't remember which one it was, but uh, we had a ball, and um, and uh, and I really enjoyed each and every person. Uh, that was there, we were able to um, disagree without mm-hmm. being violently disagreeable, and um, which is a tone I pride myself on setting uh, to make sure that everyone's opinions is respected, accepted, and protected. And um, and so I, I, I really enjoyed I got to meet some interesting people that agreed with me and some interesting people that did not agree with me. Um, my two memorable people there 
that last time was uh, Michelle's mother, uh, who I'm a big, huge fan of. Yes, uh, shout out to uh, Miss Michelle's mother, uh, who I was hoping that was going to actually be on this program today. And uh, oh my, and, yes, yeah, I know, I know. I was really looking forward. This is the only reason why I did this interview because I was thinking about her. Uh, no offense, Miss Michelle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, we're we're gonna get back to our regularly scheduled yeah, yeah. program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. but um, yeah. I, I think the show has a couple people. I think so we can keep it moving so that, you know, because yeah. our time is winding down. I think Michelle has a couple people that may have some questions. So I let okay. um Michelle and the chat room is open. Uh, the event page is open for anybody that's listening would like to post any questions. And Michelle, I'll let you take over, you know, for maybe a couple questions that we may have out for our listeners. Yes, actually, we do have a couple of listeners who have questions. And afterwards, I actually have um, um, something I wanted you to talk about as well, uh, Dr. Royalty. So I'll get to that after the uh, callers are able to ask their questions. Okay, so we have um, a caller with the phone number ending in 1142-1142. We try to warn them before <laughs> before we unmute them so we don't get any uh, anything odd on the line. But caller 1142. Hello? Caller one one four two. Hello. Hello. Okay. Well, we may have to skip. To... Hello. Yes. Um, I have a question. Okay. How are you? Good. Good. What's your question for Doctor Royalty today? Um, what grades do you teach to? Like about bullying. Uh, well, the grades that we'd be teaching it, I believe it would be between the the fourth grade to the ninth. Um, yes, the fourth grade to the ninth. Um, which is which is a good good uh, range to teach because uh, y'all tend to be. Uh, adults up when y'all get past the ninth grade. <laughs> I don't think and she great. finds that funny. <laughs> what? I, I, well, actually, I'm just telling the truth. They YouTube everything. They beat the adults up and they YouTube it. So I, mm-hmm. I have to go in there like Joe Clark with my bat. Because I'm going to be teaching you how to, uh, you know, to represent your own individual gifts. Great. Thank you, caller 1142, for calling in. Oh, I think she left us. Okay. And we have one other caller with the phone number ending in 1947. Again, that number is 1947. And I'm going to unmute you so you can ask your question. Hello. Peace and blessings. Uh, this is Brother Parks Bay. I am Hello. a. Can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. Okay, this is Peace and Blessings. This is Brother Parks Bay. 
I am a member of FN Click, and uh, I just want to give a shout out and a thanks to the Divine Mother um, of the Universe, and thank the host and the co-host. I am responsible to InClick for the elders, and my purpose is to start to gather some of the elders in the community to revitalize ourselves um, and build some type of testicular fortitude to go out there and communicate with the youth and teaching the elders that we are in a different time period because our young people today are galaxy children. They are not the Nintendo. They are not the Adam or Coleco children and Atari children anymore. And so after InClick for the Elders is going to be uh, getting a lot of the older people to recognize that we to discipline and correct the young people. However, we cannot do it with a Freddie Flintstone um, psychology anymore. We definitely have to go on their vibration where they are and at the same time discipline them, let them know when and where they were wrong at, explain how it will benefit them in the future or how it will be a um, a tragedy for them in the future. So I thank Dr. Royalty for being on the line and, and letting me know that um, uh, Blog Radio is active. Um, our young people are not the young people that we think they are. We are in a total different time period. Our young people are more advanced and we need to advance ourselves as elders to meet them. Uh, I have come across a lot of elders that are in the street looking like they're young brothers. They are not going to respect you if you look like them in the street like them. They're going to call you unk. Well, thank you for me. Um, they don't call me unk. They call me Mr. Bay or Mr. Winston. And because I was taught by a master teacher that in order for you to save your people, you definitely have to dress the opposite of the people. So at the end click for the elders is a process of getting us together, realizing that we can't bring the old Negro spiritual uh, message across to them. We have to definitely come to the avenue that they're on. The same way that Master Teacher in the Bible said that if you um, had an ox in a ditch, would you do that ox to die on a Sabbath day? See, the Master Teacher in the Bible met the people on their level. They were farmers. They were agriculturalists. So um, on that level, our young people are... Beyonce, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Young Jeezy. So you have to bring them to that vibration. 
Now, what I do is uh, I have tomorrow um, in Baltimore at the at the Panera Bread, I'm hosting something called the Cipher. And those people want to come in for an hour, we just take it over Panera Bread. How about that? It is called the Cipher, and we are going to go ahead and drop some knowledge, drop some science. Now, I will talk a couple of and leave. But I am going to take people's names and numbers because we're going to start to get these young people on stage what they are. You want to be a thug? Well, let's act it out on stage, but we're going to change your language to a more intellectual uh, a vibration. And so I just want to say thank you and uh, allow me to speak. And like I said, F the end click is for those are uh, uh it is for those who seek balance. Um, if you think you're a bully, well, there's someone that's going to be more of a bully than you. After end click is for those who want to develop their own self and actually get into it themselves and love themselves. That way they ain't got to be bullied. They can turn into entrepreneurs just like the person said. So um, I just want to thank you again, and I have a question for Dr. Royalty. Um, how do we take at the end click and put it in theater form? Thank you. Thank well, you so much for your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, let me first give a, um, a clarity. Uh, at the end click is in categories. It's in sectors. Uh, for 2015, you have F and Click Youth, uh, which consists of uh, uh, in county now about I don't know how many children that are involved, uh, but they all talented. Uh, they sing, uh, they rap, they speak poetry. Most um, more than most of them, and um, they believe in uh, fitting in with no one but themselves. They believe in individuality. They believe in clicking with their gift. And their parents are supportive in that message as well. Uh, Mr. Mr. Winston uh, represents um, a category of FN Click that's called FN Click Elders. As you know, uh, we are in an era now where the elders are now afraid of the young. So the young is now ruling over the over the elders. Uh, there's this giant mass of older people now that are too afraid to tell or to correct the young. The, uh, the older women, uh, in large numbers, are too afraid to tell the younger women uh, that you shouldn't be dressing like that or you shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be yelling and cussing. Um, a lot of that has to do because they're doing the same thing, so they're really not in a position to correct. But those that are different, they still, for the majority, are more afraid to correct. The elder men are afraid to correct the the younger male youth. They're too afraid to tell them to pull up their pants. So after Inclick Elders, uh, which Mr. Winston is part of, uh, is uh, a group of elders who are saying, uh, we are not like the other clique of elders. We are not afraid of you. Um, and we're going to tell you right from wrong because that's our job. 
And whether you listen or not, we're going to tell you right from wrong. So, yes, we're going to tell you to pull up your pants. We're going to tell you how to dress. We're going to tell you you should be taking care of your children. We're going to tell you that, you, that, you know, I mean, all the things that elders are afraid of today, at the Inkling Elders represents that. And so I'm very thankful uh, for Mr. Winston calling in uh, and speaking on behalf of the Inkling Elders. Um, and uh, his question was, how do we take it in theater form? Uh, well, th- th- there are clips that have uh, theatrically been made um, that I will be releasing real soon uh, with the children. Um, and it's in reference to categories of anti-bullying messages. Um, and so um, one of the messages is called, Forget the Inclicks, I Don't Do Drugs. And so um, we have uh, some expression of that in theatrical form on the clip, and I'm excited about releasing that. And I'll make sure that um, I tag it to both of you guys' page so you can share it as much as possible. Wow, that's awesome. That actually, and I'm going to ask this really quick because we are winding down, that actually brought me um, to a great point for for the question I had. Um, one of the events that you do um, or have done that I really, really like was the PDM. And um, I, I know that the last one that I was at, you actually did have an older gentleman was there, and I believe you had a contest and he won it, and he was talking about being bullied by health care. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that was wonderful. But the whole event was really, really good. And it actually really did engage from the young to the older. So I just wanted you to talk about that real quick before we wind down. Real quick. Well, the uh, PDM uh, represents panel discussion musical. Uh, that converted over into uh, the current name now, which is called The Unspoken Words. Uh, but that was the, uh, an event that happened as a result of getting together uh different people that represent different walks of life that was talking about bullying. Uh, We had a police officer that was talking about bullying from the perspective of uh, on a police um, department, you know, and and how they experience bullying, you know, how they are pushed to conduct and talk a certain way with society, and if they don't, they get bullied by other police officers along with the gangs. We had... um, Another uh, person that was uh, um, uh, Reggie Reg, a a, a DJ, who was talking about bullying from a a radio perspective and uh, how the radio uh, departments are forcing you to play gangster music and they're bullying you to do it and they won't play positive music. And so we had different categories of people talking about bullying in our perspective. My particular favorite one uh, was uh, Pastor Stephen Brunfield, uh, I enjoyed all the rest of them I did, but Pastor Stephen Brunfield was really riveting to me because he was talking about bullying in the church, how it mm. did not um, end with the so-called pastor and, and the end crowd, then they, they, you know, you're treated a certain way, and, and and then therefore a lot of people are dropping out of church because they are getting mistreated and bullied in church. And it's uh, um, and people don't don't talk about it, but it's actually happening. Uh, and, and that's a sad situation where you're safer on the corner than you are in church. Uh, 
And so uh, wow. this event actually talked about those great areas. Okay, well, I know we have to wind down, so I'll throw it back over to Orlando. But thank you for talking about that because I love that event. Yeah, I, I, all right. You're welcome. All right, we are winding down, and I just want to actually thank uh, my callers for actually calling in for all those who listened and um, to tonight's episode of The Man in the Mirror with um, Dr. Ahmed Royalty, Ph.D. He's given us his information. He's given us everything that, you know, and I, too, like to, you know, commend him for everything he's done from turning from being the bully and being the one who's representing those who have been bullied. Not everybody can or will do that. And so, again, i like to thank him for that. Um, i like to thank um, everybody that's listening. And please go to the website at www.hezekiahlmontgomery.com and sign um, my guest book. Um, we're also doing a fundraiser, and this is um, for Rediscovering Kind of Play. Check on my website and hit the GoFundMe link, and it will take you to the backer page. Please support the play, which will come out. We're working on for the summer of 2015. Our goal is to raise $5,000. And please do not forget to sign our guest book. And again, you know, as we're winding down, I'd like to thank all of those who have come in, who've talked. And Dr. Royalty, you are a great, a great man. You know, I bow down to you because, you know, of all the work you've done, um, everything that you've done just to help the community of Baltimore. Everybody always talks about Baltimore, the bad things, but they never really want to talk about the good things that are coming out of Baltimore. And as I told you, people in the beginning, I've seen your work. I've seen you in action. And I know the kids love you, you know, for what you've done, because not every child can talk about bullying. Every, You know, I put, some, I put a couple things in the um, event page where there were some people that were, you know, a 15-year-old girl actually killed herself from being bullied. They thought she was all innocent, thought she, you know, was okay. But she right. actually killed herself from, you know, from, you know, being bullied. And she did it on a train. Her friends thought everything was okay. One day she just walked up, threw her books down, and then as the train was coming, she actually threw herself in front of the train. So these are things we don't know what's going on in people's lives right now. So, yes. But, again, Dr. Royalty, you know, I take my hat off to you. I thank you for coming on. Um, to our show live, and um, this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off, and I'll see you at The Mirror. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test.